All right. Thank you, Brock. We love you, Brock. Thank you. Thank you for pouring into our kids. Thank you for pouring into the next generation. We honor you and what you do. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Who's ready for the word? We are going to move. I am going to start with a something a little different, something, something I don't know. I don't think I've ever shared in this church. Um, maybe it's been shared. Close your eyes, and I'm going to read the Apostles' Creed over us. I believe in one God. I'm going to wait for that phone call, and then I'm going to read the Apostles' Creed <laughs> over us. Keep your, keep your eyes closed. Thank you for family. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of the saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, give us wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of who you are. God, open up the eyes of our understanding and, and help us understand this hope of your calling, the inheritance that, that we are to you, Father, and the greatness of your power that's at work in us. We trust you to do that. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. Was that good? Taking in the Apostles' Creed? I love it. I'll tell you why I read it here in just a little bit. We'll get to it. Show of hands. How many believe when I was a teenager I had, I had my ear pierced? 20? 20 in the building? 21. All right, now you guys are just getting on the bandwagon, like stop it, you know? Get some, get some courage. <laughs> so, fact is, I did have my ear pierced when I was a teenager, and my Aunt Carolyn was so offended by that. Every time I saw her, and I didn't see her all the time, right, but every, every time we'd go over for a holiday, every time we'd, we'd go over once every couple of months, I would have to hear about it. And the eye rolls and the I can't believe it and the you're better than that and what are you doing and that looks ridiculous. When are you going to take that thing out of your ear? And eventually, <clears throat> I got tired of the nagging and so I took it out. Eventually, I got tired of the nagging so I took it out. I didn't, I didn't take it out because, because it offended her. I didn't take it out because, because I cared about her. I didn't take it out because it, it bothered me that it bothered her. I took it out because I was done hearing her. And I couldn't escape her because she was in my family. <laughs> That's why I took it out. So I want to... I haven't decided what I'm going to call this message. I'll, I'll give it to you guys when I, when I get it. But I want to talk to us this morning about a, a posture of humility you know, you're probably like, dang, Brandon, it seems like you preach on humility all the time. I know. Take it up, take it up with the Lord. Um, a posture of humility, and it was really interesting in worship because I, I, I've been asking the Lord, ah, you know, why this message, and, and, we, and we just had worship like that, and I was like, ah, oh, Lord, does this, does this really even fit? And, and, and then I heard him say this, and so now I'm, I walked in excited, but now I'm really excited. Brandon, I'm prepping the ground for miracles. Did you guys get it? Right, and I'm prepping the ground for miracles. 
right? And so I want to talk to us this morning about a posture of humility that if we'll open our hearts wide to this, I really believe we'll, we'll come into a new place of humbling ourselves, which means we'll come into a new place of the grace of God coming, which will produce the supernatural. You with me? Okay. <clears throat> Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 25. Who's got a Bible? Wave a Bible at me. Who's got a phone somewhere to follow along? I just received news that our computers are down, so that will teach you not just to rely on the screen, but to bring your Bible or your phone with your app to church. Otherwise, you can just listen, but hopefully you can see the scriptures because it certainly adds to. 1 Corinthians 10. In 1 Corinthians 10, verse 25, Paul says this, the context is food sacrificed to idols. Paul says this, Eat whatever is sold in the meat market, asking no questions for conscience sake. Right? I would highlight that, under, underline that, circle that. Um, market in blood, do whatever you want. Eat whatever is sold in the meat market, asking no questions for conscience sake. For the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. 27. If any of those who do not believe invites you to dinner and you desire to go, eat whatever is set before you, asking no question for conscience sake. We do have it up there. Come on, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Alan Love. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you, Deshaun. I think it's you up there. I'm looking through the lights. Hey, give them, give them love. Give them honor. Thank you guys for what you do. All right, 27. If any of those who do not believe invite you to dinner, you desire to go, eat whatever's set before you, asking no question for conscience sake. But if anyone says to you, this was offered to idols, do not eat it for the sake of the one who told you and for conscience sake. For the earth is the Lord and all its fullness. Do you think if the Lord inspires the apostle Paul to repeat a phrase three times in three verses, he means it? Talk to me. Don't be dead out there. Right? Three verses, three times, for, for conscience sake. You can do this, but don't ask questions, because, because when you get answers, conscience sake enters into this equation. All right? You guys with me so far? All right. Here's the, here's the deal. And I don't know how well I'm going to communicate this message, y'all, if I'm honest. So if this one doesn't have a pretty little bow around it by the end... Love me, love me through it. You know, I, I don't know that I'm going to be able to explain all the details on how we walk this out. In fact, I know I'm not, because I'm not going to try. I'm going to encourage a posture of humility in us that you get to walk out those doors and have an encounter with the Holy Spirit of God, and I get to do the same on how we walk it out and what it looks like. But how much do you think the world cares about the conscience of men and women. Talk to me. None? Are you sure? The time to think about it? Everywhere we look, we look in politics, we look in, we look in music, we look in media, we look with the celebrities. Everywhere we look, there is a spirit of, I got mine, and I'm moving this direction, and whether that's an individual or whether that's a group of people, we've got ours, our revelation, our right, our direction, and we are running right here. And if you agree with us, come on in. And if you don't, get out of our way, we'll run you over. Am I, am I reaching? Am I, am I stretching at, at all? The world doesn't care about the person. The world cares about the knowledge and only about the knowledge. If the knowledge hurts people, so what? If the knowledge runs over people, who cares? If there's mass casualties, as long as, we, as long as we keep our direction, as long as we stay the course, it doesn't matter. Here's, here's, what's, here's what's a little alarming. 
And, and here's the reason for this message. I think the world has, has creeped into the church heavily. I'm, I'm giving the words just a minute to settle. I think the, the, I think the posture of the world, I think the, I think the arrogance of the world and the, the, the thought that knowledge is, is God my revelation is God and my perceived truth is God and I don't care what you think about it or, or what effect it has on you has made its way into the church and made its way into our, our thinking. And so <clears throat> I think if we're willing to, to, to see that as we walk through some scriptures today and bring that wall down, it's gonna open up something in, in a realm, in his realm. And so you don't have to look, you don't have to look very far in the church to, to see that we've adopted the, the world's mentality. Look at denominations, right? That's what it is. We believe this to be true, you believe this to be true, and that thing right there is of such importance. We're going over here to do our own thing. Look at, look at church splits over the color of the carpet, over the, over the sound of the, the music, over the type of the music, over the, over the clothes worn on stage, right? Over this car or that car or this house or that house that said preacher decided to get. And so there is this elevation of personal revelation that is dictating large moves in people's lives, and it looks just like the world. Just like the world. And so, so Romans 12, 2, we're, we're familiar with it, most of us, right? Don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so, so we should be able to look at the pattern of the world and see the arrogance and see the drive and see the, the very immovable posture on what they perceive to be true. And we should see something very different in the family of God. We should be, we should see, we should be something very different in the family of God. But oftentimes, we're not. We look the same. And so... I want to start out with Philippians 2. We're going to come back to 1 Corinthians 10. I'm going to read a lot of scripture today, and I'm just going to let the word of God, with probably very little uh, expounding from me, speak for itself. Is that okay? Great. Go over to Philippians 2, verse 1. If there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy, this is Paul, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. We've read Three verses, and we've seen like-minded, of one mind, and lowliness of mind already. Verse four, let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Can you see that Paul's talking about a mindset here? He's not walking through all these different scenarios. He's just saying, if it's basically, I love 2-1, because basically he's saying, hey, if it's true, Right? If there's, if there's any of this, if it's actually true, do this. Have this, have this mindset. Set your, set your heart, set your attention to, to do this thing right here. Let's keep going. Five, let this mind, again, please circle. Mark that Bible up, you know? Or if you're techie, do something on your phone, whatever you do. Mindset, 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 mindset. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We don't, we, don't, we don't just need to do it because we're trying to look different than the world. We need to do it because this is our God. This is our Savior. This is his mindset. 
This is what he's modeled for us. Who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Does that sound like, you guys like, let me camp here for just a minute. Does that sound like revelation? Does that sound like position? Does that sound like power? Does that sound like glory? Does, does, does this position of Jesus Christ right here, when he says, being in the form of God, he didn't consider it robbery to be, to be called God's equal. Doesn't that sound like to you what the Father had established? You guys are giving me blank stares. Am I losing you? Did, did Jesus, did Jesus, let me just keep going. Who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. One, taking the form of a bondservant. Two, coming in the likeness of men. Three, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of a cross. Four. So all that he was in the Father, he left. He, he laid down, right? When you go from king of the universe to bondservant, you, you left it all, right? When you go from, from creator and you become created, he left it all. And, and Paul opens this passage up with this mind right here, this mind. Let this mind be in you. And, and this is where I think we get a, a little bit tripped up, if I, can, if I can just be transparent with you. It's easy to point our fingers at the world and their posture and say, you're jacked up. Because we look at the content of what they're driving so hard. We look at the content and we go, the content's broken. And the, the source of what you're driving is, is, is broken and demonic. And so, right? But when we get something from the Father, it's like we're playing by a completely different set of rules because what we have is from the Father. That shouldn't be. That shouldn't be left. That shouldn't be, that shouldn't be held in, right? That should be declared from the rooftops in every circumstance to every person because it's from the Father, Am I the only one that feels that way? Come on, y'all, talk to me. I'm, I'm getting vulnerable with you. Well, what about what Jesus had? Wasn't it perfect? Wasn't it from the Father? Wasn't it holy? Wasn't it eternal? This content wasn't broken. That's what you hear me saying. Thank you, Lord. Nothing about what he left was broken. It's perfect, but he still left it. Are you with me? Is that registering with you? Just because you have revelation from the Father, just because God's spoken to you about, about this approach or this lifestyle or this practice doesn't mean you never leave it. Doesn't mean you never, you never restrain it. It is, not a, it is not an eternal green light to broadcast that, display that, and walk in that no matter what. And, and there's precedent right here that, that what Jesus had was perfect, and he left it, and he did it for you and me to save us. Bless you, if that was a sneeze. Bless you anyway, even if it wasn't. Verse nine, therefore, because Jesus Christ had this posture right here, that, that having had all glory, he left it, and he, he humbled himself, and he became low, Therefore, 
God has also highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What, what preceded the exaltation? Right. Remember, remember what the Lord spoke to us. And we're, I'm, I'm preparing the ground for miracles. Don't lose sight of that because this is precedent right here. Be, before the exaltation becomes a humbling, a humbling process. Okay? You good so far? Does that help you guys? It helps me. Here's a thought for you. Let me just read this to you. If, if, if Christ stood firm in walking in the fullest expression of his rights, he would not have come to earth. You understand that, right? If, if Jesus was, hey, this is mine. This is all that's been given to me by the Father, and, and I'm not flexible right here. No gospel. No manger, no virgin birth, no sinless life, no perfect death. We have no hope. But he emptied himself. So, so there would be no gospel, we would have no hope, but he laid those rights down to save the world. Why should our method of evangelism be any different? Wow, where's the air in the room? Help me, Lord. Why should our method of evangelism be any different? Than, than, than having rights, than, than having position, than, than having revelation, than, than having glory from the Father, and when appropriate, being willing to lay it down. Right? And so this Christian liberty is what we're, what we're talking about this morning. Right? And so, and so, I think there's two main reasons, gang. We struggle so much with this, right? This, and what I'm talking about is like, hey, get off my toes. That's my, that's my Christian liberty. I know I've heard the Father there, right? You go hear the Father on what's right for you, but, but this is my space right here. We struggle with that because, because we continually fight selfishness, and we want to do what we want to do. And so as long as we can say, I have revelation from the Father to do what I want to do, then, then that's, a, that's a walled fortress that people can't penetrate. But secondly, I think we, I think there's, I think there's really good intent in, in our hearts a lot of times. And, and, we, and we, we see the world standing strong for what they believe. And, and, and we go, we as the church, we need to stand stronger, right? So, so as, as strong as they are, we'll just be stronger in, in the truths of who God the Father is and, and our strength will, will crush their strength, right? And so if they're going to be loud and vocal for nonsense, then we're going to be louder and more vocal and more in their face about, about who God is. The problem is we're conforming to the world. Are you with me? The problem is if that's our approach, we don't believe Romans 12 too. The problem is if that's our approach, We think we have a better way than, than what was modeled by, by the Lord Jesus himself, which was an emptying, an emptying, a coming under, a, a humbling, a laying down of what was rightfully his for the sake of you and me. Is that good? All right. There's more. I'm just trying to make sure I haven't left you guys like a mile back there somewhere. I'm trying to read, trying to read posture in the room just a little bit. All right, so you want me to keep going? All right, I'll do it. Go back to 1 Corinthians 10. Go back to 1 Corinthians 10. We're gonna read the whole thing this time. We touched it, but we're gonna, we're gonna dive a little deeper. 23, I'm gonna move quick from here on, gang. 
all things are lawful for me, not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, not all things edify. Let no one seek his own, but each the other's well-being. As long as you and I are stuck in the land of law, God will not move the way he desires to move. As long as we're just trying to figure out, is this lawful for me? Is this lawful for me? We're, we're acting like children. Watch your glasses. I don't want to get stepped on, boss. We're acting like children, right? Paul says, grow up, grow up. It's really not a matter of what's lawful, you, lawful for you. It's a matter of what's helpful, right? Move beyond lawful, right? Lawful is all about you. But helpful, that's about somebody else, right? Lawful, lawful focuses on me. This is me, and this is my revelation, and it's me and Jesus, and, and whatever. World. That is world. That's what the world does. But if you move on to, to helpful, if you move on to, like, Lord, I know this is my liberty, but what's helpful I know that I'm free right here, Lord, but what's, what's, what's gonna edify Brock? That, that's the place of maturity, but that takes humility. You don't get to get lost in your own universe in that place and not be mindful of, of, of the people on your right, your left, right? Your workplace, your school, where you are. What's, it's, not, it's not lawful. Just get beyond that question. That is, that is right there with, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. It misses the boat by so much. Just divorce that and, and realize that church is the, 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 the church is the center of the Father's heart. Relationship. It's the same with, with our focus on what's lawful. Lord, what can I do? What can I get away with? Garbage. What's helpful? what's beneficial, right? You guys take that in? Eat whatever's sold in the market, asking no questions for conscience sake. Why? Because when you ask questions and conscience is revealed, you're accountable to it. The, the higher law of love has entered the conversation at that point right there, right? So Paul's trying to protect their freedom, like go eat meat, go eat meat, go get meat. Just don't ask questions, don't ask questions. For the earth is the Lord and the fullness and its fullness, if any of those who do not believe invite you to dinner, you desire to eat whatever is set before you, asking no question for conscience sake. But if anyone says to you, this was offered to idols, do not eat it. Game changer. Eat, eat, eat. Hey, that was offered to an idol. Don't eat. For whose sake? For the sake of the one who said it who told you, and for conscience sake, for the earth is the Lord in all its fullness. 29, conscience, I say, not your own, but that of the other. Can't you see it, y'all? Come on. We, we are the Corinthians. It's like Paul is working so hard here. Hey, I know you really want me to be talking about you, but I'm really not talking about you. Can we just, can we just get to the other person in the conversation? Conscience, not your conscience. I'm not talking about your conscience. The other person, the one who told you. For why is my liberty judged by another man's conscience? Isn't that the question? Come on, y'all. Isn't that the question you've been wondering about for years? Like, this is so lame. Why is, <laughs> I'm just not holding back now, y'all. Why, why is my conscience why is my liberty based on a weak person's conscience? That's, that's garbage. This doesn't feel like freedom in Christ. This feels like I'm enslaved to a bunch of people that don't pursue God. Right? And, and he's asking the question, but, but listen to 30 because I struggled right here. Listen to 29. Conscience, I say, I say not your own, but that of the other. For why is my liberty judged by another man's conscience? But if I partake with thanks, why I... Why am I evil spoken for, for the food over which I, which I gave thanks? Here's what I realized. Your Christian liberty is not judged by another man's conscience. The answer to that question is no. Read between the lines. Listen. 
29, conscience, conscience, I say, not your own, but that of the other. For why is my liberty judged by another man's conscience? But if I partake with thanks, why am I evil spoken of for the food over which I give thanks? Another man's conscience cannot affect my liberty in Christ. It's God-given. It's, it's, it's between me and him. It's that sacred space of the heart that, that we talked about recently. Like, like you can't touch that, Bula, right? Where, where you are with the Lord cannot, cannot add to or take away my liberty in Christ. Now, you're looking at me like, Brandon, you're talking in circles. You're contradicting yourself. You have to separate what exists and, and that, that thing that exists actually being changed which another man doesn't have the ability to do, and then how you walk that out. The conscience of another man has incredible, incredible impact on how you and I are to walk out that Christian liberty. But the conscience of another man does not change that liberty. See, I think we get twisted in how to evangelize, but I also think we get insecure in this regard. If I don't, if I don't live this thing out loud all the time, to the fullest extent, no matter who's, around me, then, then I'm going to be dishonoring God, or, or I'm going to lose it, right? It's like, it's like, ride the bike, or you'll forget how. You're, you, these kinds of things, like, I always have to keep it in front of me, otherwise, it's, it's, I'm going to lose it. And that comes from a place of fear, and that comes from a place of insecurity, and, and the Lord's shoring us up right here through Paul. The reason I'm not talking about your conscience is because the conscience of another man doesn't affect your liberty, it can't change your liberty. But the way you walk that liberty out, you betcha. Okay? But the liberty isn't going anywhere. The response, very fluid. Very fluid, all right? So listen to, to 31. Therefore, when we see therefore, we have to go. Everything that preceded, therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. How do you do all for the glory of God? Because it sounds a whole lot to me, like do whatever the heck you want and just say, Father, I'm doing this. I'm doing this in your name. Come on, y'all. I know I'm talking to you right now. Do all for the glory of God. 32, give no offense. That's how you do all for the glory of God. Give no offense, either to the Jews or to the Greeks or to the church of God, just as I also please all men in all things. Gosh, Paul, you people pleaser. I don't know why we respect you at all. I certainly don't know why God chose you to write two-thirds of the New Testament. Apparently, you were all about men. He was. He was. God is. His church is called to be in a in a world that could care less about the person in the way of the practice. The church is supposed to be the complete opposite. Just as I also please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many that they may be saved. Imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. Can you see it? This is Philippians 2. Paul, this is how you walk this thing out. Eat, 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 but conscience, 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 right? And in the moment of offense and in the moment of stumbling, be, be so ready to, to flex. Be so ready to, to, to walk away from that. Be so ready to, to, to lay that down. This is what people cannot see in the world. Because the world is not submitted to a savior who's done this thing right here. And, and if we, the church, get really good at walking in this right here, all to the glory of God, then we can say, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Let me tell you what I'm not saying. Let me tell you why I opened the service with the Apostles' Creed. I'm not saving. I'm going to give Robert Britt credit right here. Maybe he'll be in the second service. He said, Brennan, it's good to be open-minded, but not so open-minded your brains fall out. Okay? So here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that there are not foundational places in our faith 
principles and doctrines. There are not, I'm not saying that there are not places where we don't need to stand up tall and say, there's no flex there. There's no, there's, there's no moving there, right? You're not, you're not welcome to come in here and try to change this place. But many, 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 many places can flex, right? And so, so what can't? Think the Apostles' Creed that we just read. What can't? Think the, the inerrancy and the infallibility of the Word of God, right? Like, we don't flex there. We don't, we don't back down there. We're not silent there, right? When, 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 when Paul says, if there's a brother and he's sexually immoral and, he's, and he's, he's good in that place, you don't even eat with that man. 1 Corinthians 5, 6, right in there. Go read it. Right? Holiness, we don't back down from that place. Right? 1 Corinthians 15, if, if there's no resurrection from the dead, our entire faith is in vain. We don't back down from that place. But, but think about, there's this, there's, this, there's this place of essentials and non-essentials, and, and I can't say this guy's name, but that's the guy, and here's the quote. In essentials, unity. In non-essentials, liberty. In all things, Charity. Let me read it again. In essentials, unity. In non-essentials, liberty. In all things, charity. Right? When Paul says, if another one comes to you, even an angel of light preaching a different gospel, let that one be accursed. That would be an essential. Are you with me? Right? But, but some of our preferences, you know, maybe how you view alcohol, right? Tattoos, piercings, you know, music to an extent, media to an extent, these, these kinds of things, some of, our, some of our doctrines, right? Maybe doctrines on, on baptisms or, or doctrines on prosperity or, or doctrines on, and you guys know how much I love the baptism with the Spirit. Even that, you know? And again, remember, I told you, I'm not putting a bow on this. I'm not wrapping this up for you. One of the things that I love about this posture right here is, is, is it, does, it does two things. It demands we seek God. Because if we don't, we will not have discernment. We will, not, we will not be close to his voice in the moment when we need to be. Right? It's situation to situation. You can't put a formula on this. Right? Which is good, because God hates formulas. And so we have to be dependent on him. But, but here's the other thing. If I'm gonna make a decision with Marcus's conscience in mind, I actually have to know Marcus. I can't do this in the, in the modern day American church where people get together once a week and pretend to be something they're not. Right? I actually have to, to know you. We actually have to be in each other's lives. We actually have to be talking or golfing, or going to dinner, or coffee, or hiking, or, or small groups together, right? Like, we, there ha you have to get beyond the surface. You have to be able to say, like, Brandon, how are you? I'm good. Really? Because you're lying. <laughs> to honor conscience, we can't be doing life together as strangers. And so, so this place of humility is not disconnected from community the way that God intended it, which is real and, and genuine and, and close. Does that bless you guys? You might be dogmatic if your, your here's the thing, essentials are not flexible. Non-essentials, very flexible. You might be dogmatic if, 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 in, your, if you're in your essentials bucket over here, there's like, 500 things. Like, hey, we can be friends. There's just like these, these 500 things I can't flex on, right? And, and in your, in your non-essentials bucket right over here, there's like five things. Flip the tables. Come on, y'all. Flip the tables. Because as long as, we're, as long as we're inflexible on 500, and many of those personal preferences and lifestyles, and flexible on five, conform to the world. Being conformed to the world. Are you getting it? Good. I'm really not speaking to a practice. I'm speaking to a mindset. Right? You get the mindset. I get the mindset. The practices will follow.
right? So I'm not going to sit here and, and dice up all these apples for you. I would be an idiot to do that, right? But the Father, as you walk with him, who actually has the wisdom, Frank, to, to guide each of those decisions and each of those relationships and each of those liberties, he'll do that through his spirit, right? The question is for you and me, are you interested in laying down your rights? Are you interested in, in having something to say and having knowledge to share and maybe not saying it, maybe not sharing it? Are you interested in being able to walk down a path because you're free to do so, but because it's not helpful and edifying to another person, it's not what they need? You say, ah, let me serve you right there. Let me serve you right there. Romans 14, and we're done. You need to read the whole chapter, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start in, in 13. Let me catch you up. In the beginning, he says, he says, hey, don't despise each other. Receive each other, right? There's things that are flexible. He talks about food. He talks about uh, weight of days, holy days, those kinds of things. These things are flexible. Pursue peace. We're not each other's judge. We're all going to give account to the Lord. You get down to 13. This is, Brandon, what are you saying today? This. Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore. But rather, resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in our brother's way. I know and I'm convinced by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself. Somebody say revelation. revelation. Knowledge. What God's taught you. What you're solid in. But to him who considers anything to be unclean, to him, it's unclean. See, that's the game changer right there. Conscience. If, if his faith isn't there, it really doesn't matter that yours is. If her faith isn't there, and they can't walk in that as their own personal revelation from the Father, it really doesn't matter that yours is. Yet if your brother is grieved because of your food, you are no longer walking in love, do not destroy with your food the one for whom Christ died. The world doesn't care about this, but the church better. Brennan, is it really that serious? Do not destroy with your food the one for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let your good, what's the good? My liberty. My knowledge, my experience in God, what I'm free to do. Do not let your good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. It's righteousness and peace and joy in the spirit. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. Insert your freedom. Insert your, your non-essential that you've made an essential by saying, I don't care who you are, I'm not flexing right here. I don't care who you are, this is my liberty right here to walk in this. World. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for the man who eats with offense. It is good neither to eat meat, nor drink wine, nor do anything by which your brother stumbles, or is offended, or is made weak. Do you have faith? Listen, if you want to know the scripture in the Bible where the Lord says, you got faith? Great. Keep it to yourself. We're about to read it. Do you have faith? Have it to yourself before God. That's a pretty quiet space. That's a pretty private space. You got faith? Have it to yourself before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves. Now that is talking about you. You're free there. You do it before the Lord. You're free there. You're happy because there's nothing in you that condemns yourself for that practice. And let me just insert right here. This rules and reigns. And you can come to it and try to bend it, or you can come to it and be bent 
by it, right? But you got faith. Have it to yourself before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself and what he approves. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats because he does not eat from faith. For whatever is not from faith is sin. Why do we have to be mindful of one another? Because whatever is not from faith is sin. Right? Because because Chris may be in a place with the Father with that liberty, but I'm just not there yet. Right? Read 1 Corinthians 8. Read 1 Corinthians 9. It talks about if, if I'm weaker in conscience and, and I see him, right, who has more revelation, who has more freedom, who's, who's further along than I am, and I see him doing something that, that I don't have the faith to do, but I go, Chris is doing it. He's a man of God, and I try to do it, but my faith isn't there. Whatever is not from faith is sin. And the Lord says, if you've caused your brother to sin, you've sinned against me. I want this to have some weight to it, church, because it's our responsibility. 15.1, when we then who are strong, what does that mean? You're further along. You're more mature. You have revelation. You're more free. Your faith has had more of an opportunity to grow. We who are strong ought to bear with the scruples of the weak. I looked up that word. Somebody's saying, what the heck do scruples mean? It's, it's, it's weaknesses, right? We who are strong ought to bear with the weaknesses of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. For even Christ did not please himself. But as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. Stand with me. Let me pray for you. Father, you want to prep the ground for miracles. I thank you for that prophetic word this morning, God. I give you glory for that. I was, I was wondering why you wanted me to preach this. And where there's pride, you resist us. And so as long as we're focused on ourselves and we lack vision for each other, You'll resist us. And what you want to do will be quenched. But Father, if, if we can dig deep and, and listen to you and you say, hey, humble yourself. And you'll be lifted up. Humble yourself and I'll exalt you. Humble yourself and I'll give you grace. That's what we want, Father. Just like so many things in your kingdom, it's not, it's not free. It's not free. There's a cost. There's a, there's a sacrifice, many, to this walk of, of actually may, making it more about someone else than it is about me. Actually making it more about someone else than it is about us. So, Father, your word is true. Your word is power. Your word has the, the ability to accomplish the purpose for which it was sent. And as Brock prayed, God, I pray, just continue to unfold this revelation. There's, there's so much gray space here. There's so many things that, that aren't clear, but, but I know this, God. If our heart posture is correct towards you, you are more than enough. You will teach us. As we go, God, you will show us how to walk this well. And, and if we do it, oh my goodness, how our light will shine in this world. And you'll get glory. 
So I thank you for that, Father. I pray for good ground and a crop. Can I do one thing real quick? Can I have the, can I have the guys that are going to pray, the, the altar ministry, come up here real quick? Listen, I just want to give you opportunity, and I don't, I, don't, I don't want you to have to fight a crowd, right? I don't need to feel better getting a response to an altar call. I, I, if, you, if, you, if you know this message is for you right here, and if you know that there's been postures where you've said, I really don't care. I really don't care what other people think. I really don't care if they see it. I really don't care if they agree with it. I'm going to do it because it's my liberty to do it. If that's you, I just want you to come down for prayer. I don't want you to have to fight people walking out of here. I just, I just want to give you an opportunity to respond to the Lord and, and humble yourself in this moment. I wouldn't, I wouldn't miss it. Because if you know it's you and you miss it, you missed it in pride. I'm going to say it one more time. Y'all, I have it over my eyes. I don't know if the altars are full or empty. Honestly, not my business. It's yours. If there's liberties right now and you've said, I don't care who sees it. I don't care how it affects them. I don't care if they agree. I don't care if they're offended. You need to come down here and do some business with the Father. You are accountable to this word. He wants to heal you. He wants to set you free. And if you humble yourself, he'll do it. Thank you, Father. Take a moment and pray for those who are up here. Just pray. Just talk to the Father. Right? Pray for, pray for them. Pray for this moment. Father, we bless you. Help us have eyes for others more than we do ourselves. We need you. We bless you. We honor you. And we thank you. Give us grace to walk this well for your glory. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.